Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas, the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM in AM 760 in Hawaii, and the Sports Map Radio Network. I'm joined, as always, by Armani Buckets, Brandon Deutsch. We don't have the full crew today, but wow, we have a lot to talk about. Yeah, I, I honestly, maybe you guys were not caught off guard by it, but I was caught off guard by Kevin Durant asking for a trade. Like, I know that there was rumors of it, you know, a few days ago, but that completely shocked me. Yeah, I mean, it looks like now Kyrie Irving's going to be on a new team. KD's going to be on the Suns, probably, or the Heat, one of the two teams. So, see what happens. Yeah, a lot to touch on today in a very... Huge day in sports on Thursday, uh, so let's get to today's headlines brought to you by Circa Sports. Circa Millions and Circa Survivor Pro Football Contests are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Visit CircaSports.com for details. Hit it, Buckets. All right. It was a massive day in sports yesterday. USC and UCLA, two of the Pac-12's flagship programs, left to join the Big Ten on Thursday. The schools will begin play in the conference in 2024. The Big Ten said in a statement that the vote was unanimous. What do you think of the move and what does this mean for the future of the Pac-12? So we're all Big Ten alumni now. Uh, Yeah. Northwestern, Wisconsin, USC. By the way, this came out of nowhere. I mean, generally speaking, a story of this magnitude, you have some, uh, you know, some hint, some rumor, some report. I mean, this went from zero to 100 so fast. It went from they are thinking about it to a press release that day. I mean, I've never seen a story of that magnitude. And again, USC UCLA leaving the Pac-12 for the Big Ten is a massive story. I mean, this is pretty much the end of the Pac-12. This is pretty much the end of conferences as we know it. We are going towards two big conferences and they really can't call themselves the Big Ten anymore. I mean, there's about to be 16 teams in the con, uh, 16 teams in the conference. So. Um, but it's massive and to everyone saying that this is the death of college sports what about traditions nobody cares about the pac-12 okay the pac-12 was started 10 years ago prior to that it was the pac-10 prior to that it was the pac-8 the big six the big five nobody cares about conferences conferences change the traditions will still be there usc will play at the coliseum ucla will play at the rose bowl they will they will play you know like all the big games that you are accustomed to seeing you will see those games play out. At the end of the day, however, the Big Ten is in the process of negotiating a billion dollar with a capital B TV contract. This is why they left. USC and UCLA 
will go from making about $25 million per year to close to $100 million per year. This is the new time in college sports. So if you're clinging on to the Pac-12 or some other conference, forget about that. Your school is still playing, but they're going to be making a lot more. Yeah, and Arash, thanks again for the, the Rose Bowl hat. Thought I'd feel yeah, lucky right. wearing it today. Um, yeah, so we're Big Ten alum. This is, you know, I agree with you with everything you just said, Arash. They kind of had to do it. Once Texas and Oklahoma moved to the SEC, it was kind of like, okay, which of the powerhouses are going to move to the Big Ten, right? And that's what it's going to be. It's going to be a two-team, uh, two-conference uh, sport, um, and they're going to make so much more money. I think this is great for the sport. It kind of, they forced the hand, right? Texas and Oklahoma forced USC and UCLA's hand here. This wouldn't have happened if Texas and Oklahoma didn't go to the SEC, but it did. And you're right, Arash. No one really watches the Pac-12 anyways. I hate to say it. It's just the truth, especially with college football. And this is great for both schools from a money perspective, from a tradition perspective, and from a longevity perspective of the program. So I'm so with it. I'm not the biggest. Uh, I'm more of a casual college sports observer. I have two questions to ask. There was no like rumors or reports that this was surfacing before. And also the second part of the question is, where does USC and UCLA kind of fit in in terms of the hierarchy of, of college football in the Big Ten? You know, I mean, I think both schools, certainly with USC right now, I mean, if this was a year ago, we would be thinking, oh my God, Clay Helton's USC Trojans going to the Big Ten, they have no chance. This is a different time now with the transfer portal, with Lincoln Riley, with the team that they have in place. According to the sports books in Vegas, they are the sixth ranked team. We'll see where they are in the top 20. This is tough for UCLA from a football standpoint, from a basketball standpoint. I think it's fantastic for them. At the end of the day, though, you need to play good competition. And it did not help USC when they were going for the college football, you know, when they were, you know, a top tier team. It didn't help them to go to Corvallis. It didn't help them to go to Pullman. No one cared about those games. So the worst possible scenario for them was either that they lost or they won close and nobody cared. No, yep. it's all big games. It's it, it's Michigan. It's it's yeah. Ohio State, Penn State. This is huge. I also think like Stanford doesn't care really about football anymore. Yeah. David Shaw's proven that with the recruiting. You know, they have an academic standard. They're not just going to get five-star athletes all the time. They're not with the NIL stuff. Cal really can't get as many recruits anymore. So I think this is a this is a brilliant movement. Armand, to, 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 what, uh, to your question and to Rosh's point, yeah, UCLA is going to have a tough time football-wise. But, man, what a move for UCLA, too. They're going to get a lot of recruits now. And yeah. they were losing all of their recruits, basically, to USC and, you know, all the all the Big Ten schools. And now they're a Big Ten school. So this, this, this is great for UCLA's football program. This is something they've tried to establish for years, never really got a – you know, got a hold on the football tradition. UCLA never really been great in the past 20 years, and now they should be way better. So this is great for UCLA's perspective, too. What What about the cross-country travel? Is that something that's a concern to, to you guys being SC alum, or is that something that is just part of the future of college sports? You know, my thing is, I think it, when you look at that map, and the Big Ten map will change, but you look at that map and it's crazy. I mean, there's only two schools west of Nebraska right now. They're going to they're gonna put some schools in there. I, I would be shocked if they don't, like, add a few more. But, um, yes, 
it's concerning you're hoping with the money that they're making, whether it's private travel, whether it's something along those lines. And again, I'm not worried about football. They 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 travel private. They're 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 treated well. I'm more worried about you know the softball teams and things like that. I mean that commercial flight from Los Angeles to Nebraska or the Chicago or somewhere else that will be tough. Yeah, because. Yeah, because college football for SC is like, it's like the NFL, right? So they're going to go to the, like, it's like they're playing the NFL. They're going to travel to Jacksonville, whatever, you know, like now it's, they're traveling to the Big Ten. Yeah. So, but for the other sports, yeah, so Rosh, Rosh has a good point. They won't have as many amenities to, you know, help them out um, just because they're not making as much money as the football team. That's just how it is. My other question was, does the Pac-10 or Pac-12 have... Um, plans to replace these teams with with new schools or or is that kind of up in the air for now so that's they, what they said yeah so they said that they will do that my guess though by by 2024 when both teams leave we will be well on the way towards this two major conferences two with 20 teams each um and again listen i get that this affects the other teams if you're usc great day if you're ucla great day it's more of a concern for the other programs and the other teams i i guarantee you all the other teams in the pac-12 are are trying to latch on to another big time conference right now because the pac-12 in my view they are fixed they they effectively died. You cannot lose USC and UCLA. I mean, when you look at the Pac-12, whenever they had a press conference or something big, it was always in Hollywood. It was always in Los Angeles. Their signature event, it's the Rose Bowl. It's at the Coliseum. I mean, the Pac-12 cannot continue without those schools. So they're going to try to bring in two schools, but this is the end of the Pac-12. Well... In other big news, Kevin Durant formally requested a trade from the Brooklyn Nets on Thursday. According to his business manager, Rich Kleiman, Nets general manager Sean Marks is working with Durant and Kleiman on finding a trade. Where do you think Durant ends up and what does this mean for a possible Kyrie Irving trade to the Lakers? So the uh, show group text went completely off the rails yesterday. It was first USC UCLA, then it was KD, then it was Kyrie. Listen, KD requesting a trade. The, the first thing I thought of is that Kyrie has to go. I mean, Kyrie coming back to a situation in Brooklyn where KD's healthy. And again, three years ago to the day, they those two guys decided we're going to partner up. They decided that. They said, we're going to go to Brooklyn together and we're going to turn this team around. And so that's a good scenario. And even in that scenario, Kyrie didn't want to play. He, he was like, I'm not going to get the vaccine or I don't want to go to the bubble. I don't want to do this, that or the other. So now that KD's gone, and again, in this player empowerment movement phase, when a, when a player publicly demands a trade, that trade will happen. Now, what the deal is, how it all shapes out, we'll find out. But that player will be traded. So Kyrie is the next domino to fall. And now the Lakers are truly in play because no one else wants Kyrie, by the way. And so the Lakers guys can now say, okay, listen, nobody wants your guy. We got a guy who was one of the top 75 players of all time. Maybe you want him, maybe you don't. Maybe we'll sweeten the pot with a first round deal, a pick, THT. I think they have to make a move here. 
Yeah, yeah. And just going first off with the Kevin Durant thing, I would be lying if I said I wasn't surprised. But from a KD perspective, this makes sense. Look, you're going with you're, you're about to team up with the guy again. Kyrie Irving, who is unreliable. Ben Simmons didn't touch the court in a year, right? So, like from a KD perspective, he wants he sees the Warriors win without him. He wants to win a championship, and I think he's going to try and force his way to Phoenix. We'll see what happens. I think that would ruin the league if Phoenix had Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, and Chris Paul. Real I'm quick, can you tell me how that trade will, will play out? Because my first thought is, I mean, clearly a lot of draft picks, but how would that trade look? Yeah, I mean, for any team trying to acquire Kevin Durant, I mean, this is this is an unprecedented thing. I mean, we saw this with Kareem, we saw this with Shaq, but a top 15, 20 player all time. Being on the trade market, still in his prime, is, is kind of hard hard to get with team control. It's kind of hard to get your mind around. But yeah, it's going to be multiple first round picks, probably a couple pick swaps and a couple young, really good players. I know Brooklyn wants all-stars. They're not going to get them. They're not going to get the two all-stars plus picks that they want because Kevin Durant is still, what, 33, 34 years of age. And I know he's great, but he's still coming off of an injury. He's had a couple good seasons. They're not, the Suns are not going to trade Devin Booker. I think it's going to be more like, okay, can New Orleans get him if they include a Zion or a Brandon Ingram? I think that's, that's well, they can't include Zion anymore because they gave him the rookie max extension and Brooklyn can't have two people on the designated rookie max extension like Bobby Mark said on ESPN yesterday, which is why they can't acquire Bam out of Io in a Miami Heat trade. But uh, it's some weird rule that the NBA has, but I think it's a dumb rule, but what can you do? Uh, Phoenix, it's looking like, you know, this could happen with a Mikel Bridges, DeAndre Aiden and five future first round picks. But then again, if you're trading KD to the Suns, why would you want those picks, especially in the coming years? Because they're going to be great. These are these are bad picks. I'm looking for a team that will allow KD to be good and, you know, him to be happy. But also for us to get the picks, I'm looking at the Portland Trailblazers. If I'm the Brooklyn Nets right now. That's the team I would look at because those picks are going to be great. Plus, you can get Shaden Sharp couple young guys, maybe Anthony Sim- Simons in that deal. But I mean, he just signed a, a rookie extension, so I don't know if he's eligible, but it's a separate extension. It's not like a Zion Bam type designated rookie extension. So maybe he's eligible. Definitely in the works for sure. I was going to ask you about Simon. So that that's a big one, because if he is elig- if he is eligible to be traded, yeah, Portland's going to be a serious suitor for Durant. Um, it sounds like he really wants to go to Phoenix, and it sounds like Brooklyn does not want Aiton. So it's going to be the same dilemma as the Westbrook thing. Is you need a third party. And as of now, um, yes, we're going to have to wait and see who that third party is. I was just going to say not necessarily because now with the Westbrook thing, the Lakers, the reason why this Lakers Kyrie Irving trade is probably going to take a few more days or maybe even a few more weeks to occur is because Sean Marks in Brooklyn thinks they have leverage and they really don't. They're going to be like, Kyrie's great. We want a first rounder plus THT and plus Westbrook and Hey, we'll give you Joe Harris and Kyrie Irving, which would be great for the Lakers because I think this was their plan all along. Once they figured that Kyrie would be in, uh, would be on, uh, well, it's just Otto Porter signing with the with the Raptors. Wow, that's a that's a that's a nice notification. Um, but with Kyrie, <laughs> quick, or, yeah, go ahead. Quick, we'll, we'll, uh, put your Rob Polinka um, hat on. I think Rob knows there's no other team in the league that wants Kyrie. At some point, if you're a, a good GM, forget about it. If you want to help the, the Lakers or not, 
do you give up a first round pick? Do you give up THT? I do think that they have to do something here. And and I, I do think if you're the Lakers, this is a situation where you've seen Kyrie and LeBron work together and it seems like yeah. they've talked and they patched things up and they had a heck of a run. Again, they won one title together, but to go to the finals, what was it, four straight years in a row is incredible. If you're Rob Polinka, what does that trade look like? I think you got to add the protected 26 versus an unprotected 7, 27, or an unprotected 29 because I don't think Kyrie Irving's worth that, quite frankly, right now. I think the Lakers have all the leverage. It's just going to be about how quick do they want to get this deal done. If they want to get this deal done quick, they'll give Westbrook and they'll add one of those first-round picks, whether it's the 26 protected, an unprotected 27. I don't care if you give the unprotected 27 at this point. You need to make this trade happen because Kyrie Irving and Sean Marks have both said that they're willing to sit out the whole season yeah. and not play, similar to what Anthony Davis was, was doing a couple of years ago before he was traded to Los Angeles. I Really quick, going back to the Durant thing, it seems like every time a team has now traded a package of draft picks, they look back in a few years and they're like, should we have done that? I know the Lakers got the title out of it, but now you have the Nets with the Rockets picks, uh, with the Rockets having their picks. It seems like, and then if the Clippers don't win a title, we're going to be talking about that with OKC having theirs. So I, if it was me and I was a GM, I would be really hesitant to give like four or five future picks. I would give you two solid players like a Bridges and an Aiton and probably two picks. But at some point, this is ridiculous. I heard people saying like, you know, um, Toronto, I heard, was floated around to trade like a Scotty Barnes, who's 19, 20 years old. I'm just not doing that because Kevin Durant, we just witnessed at age 34, he just got swept in the first round of the playoffs. At some point, guys are like at the end or out of their primes and I think he's at the latter stage of his prime I'm not mortgaging my whole future I understand how great he's been but I'm not mortgaging the whole future and for this version of Kevin Durant before we go into the Lakers signings real quick they, I just got a notification that the Lakers are working aggressively and I don't know how how, how valid this is but their 2027 first round pick is at play for Irving and Harris too with THD and Westbrook so that's huge here's the thing and I want you guys to touch on this. They have a championship window still. And I know in our group text, we talked about this. If Anthony Davis reclaims his old form, and I know you could say it's a huge a if, big but, if. But, but I'm just saying, like, it, they don't have to make that move for Anthony Davis. They got Anthony Davis. They got LeBron James. Kyrie puts you back in play. You cannot run it back. You cannot run it back with this team. So if you can get Kyrie, who I still think, guys, Maybe, again, I'm very optimistic here, but when he wants to play, and I think he has something to prove, he's still a tr transcendent player. Buckets, let's go on to the third question, because, again, the Lakers didn't make a splash yesterday, but I think that they got some really good players. Yeah, the Lakers yesterday, they signed Lonnie Walker, Juan Toscano-Anderson, Damian Jones, and Troy Brown Jr. If nothing else, the Lakers bench will definitely be younger, more athletic, and defensive-minded than they were last season. What did you guys think of the moves? I love them all. Again, younger, defensive-minded, more like athletic. And Brandon, they are going for defense. They're going for yeah, this Yeah, this is a home, these are home run signings right here, especially Lonnie Walker. This is a guy that was 22 years old last season for the Spurs. Averaged 13 points per game, 6'10 wingspan, great defender. 
yeah, he struggled from three-point percentage, but he'll get better. Ham, Gent, all the guys they hired, great developmental coaches. Troy Brown Jr. is probably the worst of these signings, but he's still 22. I know Armand doesn't like him, but he's still young, right? Younger. This is what Rob Palenka stressed at the beginning of free agency, and I can't stress it enough with Max Christie looking good. You know, Scottie Pippen Jr. on a two-way. Then Damian Jones, who was great for them a couple years ago, plus you add... Juan Toscano Anderson defense I love it top 10 defense this is similar to the 2020 Lakers they didn't have one player that shot over 37% from three they were just defensive minded and they had timely threes I think this is a similar roster yeah I, I love the moves as well Lonnie Walker for for six million great upside there I'm assuming that's a Malik Monk replacement and you mentioned this Brandon but Juan Toscano Anderson is a Mexican American and that's big yep. for the community you get a guy like that even if he doesn't play many minutes I think he will play some minutes but his impact in the community and in that locker room and just with the fan base should be massive and he was already I've seen a ton of Warriors fans saying how much they're gonna miss him so good day for Rob Palinka and we'll see what happens with the Kyrie situation and let's not bury the lead a good day for clutch sports as well because two of those guys are clutch sports clients so you know clutch still making moves all right Let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by our good friend Michael Duarte from KNBC4 in Los Angeles. When we return right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the fan in Las Vegas, the Hawaii Sports Radio Network and the Sports Map Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with 12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports with two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with 12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. The Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. And the Sports Map Radio Network. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Los Angeles, Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310 310- 400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports guest hotline right now. Circa Millions and Circus Survivor Pro Football Contest with 12 million in guaranteed prizes are back. Visit CircusSports.com for details. And here he is, our good friend, Michael Duarte from KNBC4 in Los Angeles. Michael, how are you? Rosh, I'm good. We should call Friday San Andreas because a seismic shift happened in sports uh, and we can feel it in the air today. It was crazy. I mean, Thursday and it wasn't even noon on the West Coast. And we get that first report from John Wilner about USC UCLA considering 
could just by the way, Michael, just considering leaving the Pac-12 for the Big Ten, and I had to read it three times because it made no sense to me, went from zero to 100 real quick. They joined the conference press re- press release that day. And then Kevin Durant demands a trade. They're working that out. Let's first start with USC, UCLA. It, it, uh, it just really changes the landscape of college sports. I think we're going towards perhaps two power conferences with tw- 20 schools each. But, Michael, your first thoughts, when you heard that your beloved alma mater, USC and UCLA, are now going to the Big Ten. Exactly, Arush. You touched upon everything. My first, th- first of all, you and I are now Big yeah, Ten alumni. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be pretty crazy. Um, but when I saw the tweet from John Wilner, it was actually about 1030 in the morning. I saw it and I was just as kind of shocked and surprised as you. And then looking for anybody else uh, reputable in this business that could uh, confirm it, that was also talking about the same things before I kind of got all excited or crazy and, and, you know, ran off and, and started to run with it. So I kind of kept my cool. And I was also thinking like, why is John Wilner, um, you know, a respectable journalist, but with the San Jose Mercury That's news, not, not, not in Los Angeles, not here close to USC or UCLA. Why is he the one breaking this news? And then slowly you saw, started to see other reports trickle in, uh, people confirming it. And I think when, when Peter Thamel from ESPN, who we know is a very established, uh, connected and plugged in college football writer, when he was confirming it, then it became very, very real that two of the biggest schools in the country and the two biggest schools here in the second biggest market in Los Angeles were indeed leaving, uh, the PAC 12 conference they've been in for close to a hundred years, uh, to, to join the big 10. And you're right. Uh, once once we kind of got all the news that that USC and UCLA reached out to the Big Ten commissioner and did it days ago, the fact that this was kept under wraps and nothing leaked for days up until, I guess, like you said, by by 1030 in the morning, that first tweet came out. And I would say by 430, it had been voted on and it was done. Yeah. And USC was and USC and UCLA were releasing statements and they had tweeted it out. So, you know, I'm a little torn on this, to be honest with you, Arash. I'm not sure how you're feeling. I'd, I'd be interested as well. The the traditionalist in me, the lover of, of USC and obviously of the USC UCLA rivalry in me. And I know that rivalry will carry on um, is a bit sad. Uh, I grew up as a kid here in L.A. kind of hating the Big Ten because of the Rose Bowl, right? I didn't care if it was Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Illinois, whoever was at that Rose Bowl game to to face USC uh, over the course of my lifetime, I was rooting against. And that was just kind of how I was raised. Uh, So now to think that they're going to be playing these people in the regular season and traveling 2,800 miles to do it – it hurts a little bit deep down, but I totally understand the reasons. And I think this is just the beginning of, of teams considering moving to the Big Ten, of relocation and reassignment going on. We are now not just in the Marvel comic metaverse. <laughs> we are in the college football metaverse right now. So the one thing I would tell you, Michael, is that the big traditions will continue. I mean, because you're going to get a lot of hyperbole. This is the end of college football. This is the end of college sports. What What's up with traditions. So the Pac-12 was formed 10 years ago prior to that, Pac-10, prior to that, Pac-8, Big 6, Big 5. Conferences change. So no, no, no one is a conference fan. You're a USC fan. You're a UCLA fan. That tradition will continue. A lot of the big-time USC traditions will continue. They will play Notre Dame. I think Stanford 
if they don't join them in the Big Ten, they continue playing that school. So where it affects them is if you're a big-time fan of the USC-U of A game, USC going to Corvallis, USC going to Pullman. Okay, so that is not going to take place anymore. But that's why this is good for USC, to my view. I think those games brought down USC. I don't think those games helped them one bit. I think if they lost those games, they were completely out of the Pac-12. Or sorry, they were completely done with the national championship conversation. You go back to those Pete Carroll teams. They had no room for one loss. The Pac-12 did not get any favors if they lost one game. You go back. I think USC's best team, perhaps, was that Mark Sanchez uh, team. Best defense that Pete Carroll had. They played one bad half up in Corvallis. They, they lost that game close. USC was completely out of the championship conversation. That's not the case anymore. I think a two-loss USC team that's in the Big Ten is in the championship conversation. Why? Because you are going to get the benefit of the doubt when you play Michigan and Ohio State and Penn State. I mean, so these are all really big-time games. So I, I, I see what you're saying, but I think the, the major traditions will continue. The UCLA game, the Notre Dame game, the Stanford game, those games will continue. This is all about money, though, Michael. As we know, they're going to go from making about twenty-five to thirty million per year to close to one hundred million dollars per year. Yeah, and that was the reason why we did this. Obviously, if you look at the numbers in two thousand twenty-one, uh, the TV deal in the Pac-12 was a total of three hundred million. So you can cut that down to the the twelve different schools and divide it and see what each school gets. Uh, just last year. The Big Tens was over 700 million, so double what the Pac-12's TV rights deal was. And here is a reason why they're doing it now, because that TV rights deal is up at the end of the year, and they're going to be renegotiating it. It's going to be in the billions moving forward. So that hundred million uh, could could increase even further, like you said. And in and in this new metaverse of college football with NIL deals, and you got to pay players, and you got to figure it out. That's going to help USC. But to your point. I don't know if it gives them a better shot at playing the college football playoff. Yes, I agree with you that a one-loss or two-loss USC team coming out of the Big Ten versus, let's say, an undefeated Oregon or Washington coming out of the Pac-12, yeah, they have a better shot at the college football playoff with the four teams as it stands. Uh, you know, I could definitely see that. But you're talking about instead of traveling to Arizona or Corvallis, as you mentioned, a quick one- or two-hour flight, you could be potentially traveling four or 5,000 miles to Rutgers uh, in the middle of the season, in the middle of November for a game. Not that I think they would lose to Rutgers, but you understand. I mean, you could be traveling yeah. to Minnesota where it might be zero degrees and you're playing outside. Uh, and for these L.A. kids like you and I, that's going to be a harsh adjustment. It's like when these teams go to Green Bay to play in the playoffs uh, and it's a blizzard or something out there. So I'm not sure if. That's necessarily a good thing. Or imagine USC with one loss having to travel for their final game to Penn State and Happy Valley, yeah. uh, you know, to play there in that environment when they need a win to go to the playoffs. So, yeah, it has its pros and cons in that. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised you'd mentioned Notre Dame. That's a historic rivalry. I wouldn't be surprised if Notre Dame joins the Big Ten as yeah. well. And as you mentioned, maybe maybe Oregon and Washington, Stanford, uh, teams like that are potentially here to follow. But uh, look, college football is headed to two super conferences. 
the only silver lining for me is that the Big Ten is not called like the Midwest Conference, and now yeah. we have to like <laughs> deal with that. So at least it's just big, uh, and and we know we like things big at USC. So uh, yeah, there's going to be two super conferences potentially you know, five, 10 years from now, just four conferences. And one final thing I'll say on this to put a pin on it. Uh, I think it was Kirk Herbstreet who said it the best. Try to think of this like the NFL. Uh, we are heading in that direction where college football is becoming more and more like the professional sports, more and more like the NFL. So think of this as two conferences, essentially with the Big Ten and the, and the SEC. An AFC and an NFC, you know, 16 teams in each. Eventually, they'll break it down by divisions, probably uh, West, East, Central, North, whatever they're going to break it down. And you're going to be kind of having a structure similar to to the NFL with two big conferences uh, and then little divisions in each one based on geographically. Uh, and then potentially that will lead to an expansion of the college football playoff at some point, which we think which will probably go to eight or, or maybe more. Yeah, Michael, I wanted to ask, I wanted to switch to the NBA really quick because when Kevin Durant requested a trade uh, yesterday morning, that sent a ripple effect across the NBA. All of a sudden, the Kyrie Irving to the Lakers um, possible deal was not dead. There was some hope there. What are your thoughts with the first day of free agency? There were a ton of underrated signings, but more importantly, Brooklyn, just a complete loser in free agency, creating this, quote, super team that was supposed to be one of the best ever and now breaking it up. Yeah, I'm not surprised at all. There was this graphic I sent. I should send it to Arash. It was Kyrie Irving torching the Cavs banner, torching the Celtics banner, <laughs> and starting to light a torch to the Brooklyn Nets banner. You know, people talk about LeBron James as this death star, this destroyer of franchises everywhere he goes or when he leaves them. But Kyrie Irving kind of destroys them, you know, while he's there while he's at them. And that's, you know, he says he likes to be different and do things differently, but sometimes the way he does things rubs teammates the wrong way, rubs the organization the wrong way. Uh, and he can allow it to implode. And then he heads out of town. And that's exactly, I think what's happening with the Brooklyn Nets. Like I, I read one report, there's conflicting reports, but I read one report. Uh, I think it was Bleacher report that put it out that said that Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant still want to play together. They just don't want to be in Brooklyn anymore. I have no idea if there's any truth to that, because what it sounds like to me is that Kevin, Dun Kevin Durant is sick and tired of playing with Kyrie Irving and not knowing if he's going to be available or if he's going to take a mental health day. Uh, we talked about this on your show last week, and I was, you know, I had seen there was a report that potentially he had been vaccinated. He is still not vaccinated. I was able to confirm that. So, you know, that obviously was a huge headache for the team last year. And the reason why James Harden wanted out and is now going to essentially, I believe, re-sign with Philadelphia on a massive deal. You know, if, if Kyrie Irving had just gotten that shot, I think Kevin Durant was still in Brooklyn this year, is not demanding a trade. I think James Harden is still in Brooklyn this year, and I think maybe they don't get swept out of the first round of the playoffs. Maybe they would have been playing in the finals had he gotten that shot. So to me, this is Kyrie Irving's doing. I also know he's had problems with Steve Nash. They've butted heads. He's butted heads with the front office. There were shots fired at the end of the year when general manager Sean Marks came out and said, I need players who are available on this team. That was a direct shot across the bow at Kyrie Irving. With all of that said, I still think the Lakers should get Kyrie Irving, and I think the chances of it happening are better than none right now. Uh, Vegas has the odds of Rosh, by the way, minus 300 that Kyrie <laughs> Irving goes to the Lakers. That kind of gets me a little excited when that negative shows up in front of the odds. So 
I think it's kind of inevitable at this point. I think Kyrie Irving's value has dropped. He's a one-year rental. He's a bit of a head case. Everyone's going to be focused on Kevin Durant. And if the Lakers can get this done, I think that improves them mightily. And if they can even throw in a shooter, let's say like a Seth Curry in that deal, because the money is still off right now, if Westbrook was to go to Brooklyn, I think that helps the Lakers even more. And then you were talking about free agency and some of these deals. I have no idea what the Knicks are doing. Kevin Durant is available in New York. Like, how are you guys, you know, wasting money on Jalen Brunson and some of these other low-level name guys? It kind of is a head-scratcher, but that's the Knicks for you. On the Lakers' side, uh, uh, they just basically took the clutch sports roster of talent and added as many of those guys as they could with Lonnie Walker, Troy Brown, Juan Toscano-Anderson. So just check the clutch sports box as they went down. But, I mean, if you can get Kyrie Irving and swap him for Russell Westbrook, that, to me, is a much better basketball fit yeah. on the court. He adds the shooting that you need. He's played alongside LeBron. He can run the pick and roll with LeBron and AD. He spaces the floor better. Uh, it's probably a wash on defense to Russell Westbrook, but I don't think you're going to be seeing those late turnovers. So, um, ultimately, I think if you can do it, you do it. It makes the Lakers better. Also, though, Michael, I do think that Joe Harris will be included in that trade. I really do. I know you mentioned Seth Curry, but Joe Harris, perfect fit beside LeBron James and Kyrie Irving. And he was hurt all of last year, the year before he had a great season. So I think that's the guy that's going to be added. Yeah, yeah. I was talking about that yesterday. If you could get him, that's even better as far as the shooter that you need. Um, I don't know if the number lines up with his contract. I'd have to yeah. check. I think You'd he signed a big THT. deal, so I don't think that works out as much. But I know Seth Curry would work uh, in a deal like that if you were just doing it straight up. Even like I know they just acquired Royce O'Neal, but his money adds up. He could be in there. And there's a guy, Dayron Sharp, that's also at the end of the bench there for Brooklyn. He could come back, and the money would work in a deal like that. But more than likely, the Lakers will have to sweeten the pot with a with a future first round draft pick. My guess would be if you can throw in the 2029 pick i think that works great it's so far down the road that you don't really want to think about it but that 2027 pick right after ad potentially lebron if he stays for two more years and you know even if you re-sign Kyrie, so they all stuck together in that scenario uh you might need that 2027 pick because all those guys will be off the books by then so i would probably say the 2029 pick should be enough to sweeten that deal yeah, there's no doubt about that. I mean, here's why I think Brooklyn has to do this deal. And they're like, listen, they're not going to jump at it right now. And again, I, I, I'm not sure which domino falls first. Do they finish the KD deal and then the Kyrie deal? But here's what, what I'm thinking on that front. Is that with THT, you have a 21-year-old player who's effectively a first-round pick. He's been proven. He won a championship the way that he played for that team. Uh, again, there was always this feeling with THT if he had the, the right role, a little bit like Kuzma. Like, I mean, he would shine. And then a first-round pick. So you're, 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 you're going to give him two first-round picks. And here's the other thing. And this is maybe a hot take or whatever. Russell Westbrook like actually plays hard. He's going to show up and he's going to play hard. Whether or not he fits with your team or fits with your culture, who knows. But at least for one year, Joe Sy, the owner of the Nets, is going to get a guy who's going to show up every night, play hard, and we'll see what happens. Again, th this was such a disastrous season for them. And Kyrie, when you look at what he's done the past two-plus years – with the whole, like, like we shouldn't be playing basketball, which is fine, but then, you know, I'm not playing because I don't want to get the vaccine shot, which is, listen, I mean, a lot of these stances that he's taking, um, it's hard to, 
you know, because then it gets a little political. But I was the one who talked to him about the whole flat earth. And I knew he didn't believe that, but he just likes to poke the bear and he likes to rile people up. And, you know, so the the Nets are done with Kyrie. But beyond that, I, I don't know how many other teams around the league want to get into the business of Kyrie. With the Lakers, it's a different situation where he would be teaming up again with LeBron James. And say what you will, those two realized that together they were a special tandem. They won a championship together. They, they, they went to four straight finals together. So I think at the end of the day, it doesn't happen tomorrow. It doesn't happen this weekend. But at some point, Kyrie will be here. Yeah, I agree with you. And, you know, there's one team... That's a contender, the Dallas Mavericks, who were playing the Western Conference Finals, who just lost their point guard, Jalen Brunson, to the Knicks, that I could see wanting Kyrie Irving on their team and calling Brooklyn to see about it. But with Kyrie opting in, which when it happened and people were like, well, we can put this to bed, I was like, no, I think this is even better now because now he's a one-year rental. He's locked in. You know how much money he's going to make. Uh, instead of sign and trade proposals, you can just do potentially a three-team proposal straight up. If they Brooklyn doesn't want Westbrook, you can send him somewhere else. Uh, this was with potentially we thinking Kevin Durant maybe still wanting to play in Brooklyn. So I thought that trade would still had life even after he opted in. Uh, but the fact that he did opt in and now he is a one-year rental, if he wants to say to Dallas or any other team that wants to trade for him, I ain't signing an extension with you guys. So if you want to trade me for one year, fine. But either way, I'm going to end up with the Lakers. Yeah. Either either this year, because you guys will trade me there, like Anthony Davis famously did. Remember when he worked his yeah. way to Lakers from the Pelicans? Yeah. He just, they, they wanted to trade him to the Celtics. The Celtics had the better assets and talent they could send back in any deal to the Pelicans. Uh, and he said, I'm not signing an extension with the Celtics. And he forced his way to the Lakers. So in this situation with one year left on his deal, Kyrie Irving can essentially do that by saying, I'm going to sign with the Lakers at the end of next year as a free agent. So either do this now or then. Whereas Kevin Durant, has four years left on his deal and a no-trade clause. And even though I know he wants to go to Phoenix or Miami or a contender, uh, you know, he the, the Nets don't have to behoove him in that way. They can send him wherever they want. And if I'm them, I get the best talent and package back no matter where that is. So uh, one last thing I'll ask you, Arash, is going to be these rumors that uh, I think it's dead in the water and a zero chance. But what if the Lakers were to add Anthony Davis to that package? And both picks, and somehow you got Kevin Durant and Kyrie alongside LeBron James uh, in LA. To me, that would be an amazing trade. And honestly, I'd probably pull the trigger on it. You know, for me, that would be a dream scenario because I, I am such a big KD fan. And again, I think you you, you would be getting, um, to my view, and healthy, the best player right now. And again, I know there's a lot of talk about that, but I mean, KD. Uh, that would be amazing, and I'd be curious. I mean, they would never publicly do that unless they knew for sure that they can pull the trigger because Anthony Davis, he is such a big part of what they want to do with this team. And again, I know it was two years ago, but my goodness, it was less than two years ago where they won a championship. So a lot to kind of unpack here as we go into the weekend but michael you're you're the best and by the way who knows what will happen a week from now we could be talking about Kyrie coming to the lakers kd perhaps but uh thanks again michael that's all the time we have for today let's do it again on monday until then this is arash markazi saying stay safe stay healthy west side, west side.
This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.